I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today I'm going to offer an introductory level review of a story that comes from Acts chapter 9. My title for this session is God Works With Our Resistance. So let me just set a little context. After Saul had witnessed and affirmed the stoning of Stephen, as well as the persecution and the scattering of the followers of Jesus, Saul, who later becomes known as Paul, is now actively seeking ways to further persecute the followers of Jesus. And he gets permission from the authorities to arrest them, the followers of the way. So let's go to the text, which comes from Acts chapter 9. And your Bible may have a uh, a heading of, of, uh, that reads as Saul's conversion, and I have something to say about that a little bit later on. But let's get to the text. It reads in this way, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So the followers of the Jesus movement were referred to as the way. And as Saul is on his way to arrest followers of the way, he encounters the voice of the resurrected Jesus on this road and his life is interrupted and transformed. The Bible says that as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So as Saul is on his way to arrest the followers of the way, he encounters the voice of the resurrected Jesus on this road to Damascus. Saul was close to his destination. He almost got there. But in the text, we read of this divine interruption in which Saul hears the voice of Jesus inquiring of him. To put it very simply, it's kind of like Jesus saying, Saul, what is your problem? And Saul falls to the ground. He's knocked off his feet. And please note that there is no mention of a horse in this particular scriptural passage as often quoted by many people. The Bible continues to tell us that the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless because they heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Let me say this about Saul. His life was now officially interrupted. He was 
well-trained in the law and the Jewish tradition, but now he was stricken with blindness. And guess what? He was about to start seeing things differently. He was, as a result of this encounter with Christ, he was shut down, sat down for the purpose of his recreation, for the purpose of the dismantling of the embedded theology of his life thus far. He was physically blind. He was spiritually blind. And God was actively doing something new in his life. Thank God for the men who led him by the hand into Damascus. Isn't it amazing how God puts people in your life as companions along your faith journey? He set out on his journey with malicious intentions. He encountered the risen Jesus on the road and now he's blind, being led by the hand into the city. The text continues in a way that we read of the Lord calling another man for a specific purpose. The Bible says that in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So here we, we get to see the calling of Ananias. We get to see Ananias receiving divine direction. It is interesting that the once hate-filled, malicious menace in the person of Saul is now recorded in the text as being prayerful. I guess after his encounter with the Lord, he needed to pray. Amen to that. And now we get to hear the response of Ananias that is filled with resistance. This is what Ananias says. He says, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. So Ananias had some resistance to the Lord. It's funny because maybe he felt the Lord wasn't aware of who this person was, so he had to bring some clarification to the Lord. Maybe Ananias felt as though the omniscient, the all-knowing God, needed a little help in understanding the situation. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is this. Maybe Ananias just felt comfortable enough with God to be transparent with God and, and feel free enough to express his most genuine thoughts and feelings. It's a good thing to feel comfortable enough that you can be honest with God in prayer. 
Jesus responds in this way. The Bible says, the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So Jesus gently explains that Saul has been chosen to spread the gospel. And this was beyond the ability of Ananias to comprehend intellectually. But Saul and Ananias are not the only biblical figures that displayed resistance to God when called. Think about it. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Moses offered his reasons for not being qualified to answer the call. So there is a theme of resistance that's repeated throughout the biblical text. And guess what? We today also carry a bit of resistance to God within us that surfaces up every once in a while. So ultimately, with his resistance laid to rest, Ananias goes to Saul. And again, it's amazing how God puts people in our lives. The Bible says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Well, again, with his resistance laid to rest, Ananias went to Saul. And yes, it is amazing how God puts people in our lives as companions at some point along our faith journey. I'm glad for the people in my life, my mother, my grandmother, my pastor, the church family, who have all spoken truth into my life. That's, that's what the church does. Nobody, no believer, no follower of Jesus is called to fly solo in this world. We are supposed to belong to a fellowship of believers. Now, Ananias didn't know the importance of his ministry calling. This was bigger than he had any idea. He had no idea that Saul would become Paul the Apostle and, and a large contributor to the New Testament writings. But for now, Ananias, he calls Saul brother. What a story of transformation, both in the life of Saul and the mind of Ananias. Transformation and reconciliation. Saul goes from menace to missionary. The Bible goes on to tell us that Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all of those who heard him were astonished and asked, wait a minute, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on this name? 
And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, this story, often referred to as Saul's conversion, I always argue that Saul did not convert to Christianity, the religion Christianity as we know it today. I believe that Paul, Saul, found fulfillment of his Jewish messianic expectation in the person of Jesus the Christ. He had a conversion of heart, mind, and spirit, and now recognized Jesus as the Messiah that was to come. So in line with this text, we, we get to see an aggression against God's people. We saw a divine interruption in the life of Saul as he encounters Christ. We saw the stripping of his ideology and his hate towards the followers of Jesus and Jesus himself. We saw him in the process of recreation, renewal, and transformation. In Ananias, we also saw some resistance to Saul and to Jesus. We also saw his transformation, his humility, and his obedience. So in closing, let, let me remind us all of this. A takeaway from this story. If there is someone you know, a family member, a friend, associate, a colleague, perhaps a child, that you think is so far gone that they will never get right with God, I want you to think back on this story. And as you think back in this story, my prayer is that you find the encouragement to continue to pray for them and that you find the strength to show them love. Why? Because God is able to work with our resistance. God is able to save and set free. I'm Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and you've been listening to Faith Talk. I want to thank you for joining our listening audience today, which is growing globally day by day. So I encourage you to visit the website at www.reverendjstuartglover.com. Register as a guest on the show. You can contact me directly by email or leave me a voicemail. I want to thank you again for listening and God bless you. Amen.